This is the City of Refuge, Thomaston, Georgia, Sunday morning podcast. The following is a live recorded sermon by Pastor Jeff Deal. ...that we can follow this morning in such sincerity and beautiful atmosphere of worship here. So like I said, we're going to continue to discuss the one word experience, and we're going to talk about living our words. So um, looking in is self-evaluation, looking up is consulting and dealing with God about our lives and about our word and looking out is to live it. And we started out the year talking about four Subjects that start with the letter F. Who can tell me one? Four subjects that start with the letter F. Shamika? Family. What's another one? Faith, family, finance, and fitness. So those are three or four categories that really cover our lives. And The one word subject is closely related to all of those. There's no separation. So when we land on our word, and if you haven't done that yet, if you want a one word book and don't have one, let me know, I'll give you one. Everybody needs to do it. It'll it'll benefit you greatly, and you will land on a word. And that word is going to relate very closely to faith, to family, to fitness, and to finance. All four. You can't separate it out from any part of your life. And the Lord will begin to confirm your word to you, like Maddie said, reach. And all of a sudden, she's hearing reach all over the place. My word is real, and it's been coming to me from lots of different directions. I was driving down here this morning, a lady, and I passed a lady, and on the... the, uh, back window of her car was simply the word real and I was like okay thanks and so it's going to show up it's going to be confirmed it's going to really become integrated into who we are and into our everyday lives and so today we're going to talk about living that word may not be uh, just today we'll see how it goes but I read the scripture from Revelation to start the, to open the service, and I want to w- put one word from that scripture up on the screen, and that is the word faithful. So let's talk about one word for God for a minute, okay? And no one would suppose to or presume to attach uh, a only one singular word to God and expect that to do the job. Nor would I ever presume to try to tell God what his one word for the year ought to be. So that's not, that's not really what this is about. I'm not sure God does that because that would sort of present him with limitations and he doesn't have any. But if we're going to deal with a word that most definitely you can always attach to God and understand as being part of who God is. I don't think you can come up with a better word than the word faithful. 
God is the only entity that you will ever find if you go on a search to try to discover someone that in every situation, under any circumstance you can name, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on in your personal life, that you can 100% of the time say, He is faithful. The only one. Not a person sitting in this room can say 100% of the time in my life, under any circumstance that's going on in my life, I have been completely faithful in every way, shape, and form. But God, yes, He is absolutely faithful. Scripture from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13 says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. I love that because I've been studying different attributes of God here recently and reading a lot about the characteristics of God and the traits that you will find in the person of God. And faithfulness is a dominant theme anytime you start to study the attributes of God. And the thing about God, and it really takes a lot of pressing in to start to gain some level of understanding about it, because it's so vast and so immense and so deep and so wide and so boundless that the human mind has a hard time really starting to get a grasp on it. And I don't feel like I have any sort of a, you know, it's like these guys who climb uh, cliffs and rock faces and they put their fingertips inside indentions that you can barely see they're so shallow I feel like that's kind of the grasp that I have on my understanding of God so far it's just always feels like almost nothing and that at any point in time I could lose my grip and go tumbling backwards and 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 it could be a catastrophe that that's how I really feel about my understanding of God, and you say, well, that sounds terrible. The fact is, that's a very good thing, because you know what that does? It causes me, it motivates me to continue to dig and to press and to push, like Mandy said, and to be diligent in, in, in trying to get into his heart so that I can understand him better, right? And so, This phrase, he cannot disown himself. That's very important to know, and it's a very powerful thing to start to understand, that God in no way, shape, or form ever changes. And just like I said, he's the only one who's always 100% faithful all of the time. He's also the only person that we can say, never ever for any reason does He change. So if God were faithful sometimes and not faithful at other times, or if He made a decision for faithfulness based on our performance or something like that, then that would be God changing, right? And God does not change. That's why we can say that He is always faithful He remains faithful. He stays faithful. 
He abides in faithfulness no matter what we are doing, good, bad, or somewhere in between. God is always going to be faithful. Let's look at Scripture from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we professed, for He who promised is faithful. Now, how much good could we do ourselves if we just very frequently, like several times a day, reminded ourselves that the God who promised is faithful to fulfill His promises? Because do it, does anybody in the room besides me sometimes uh, sort of function based off of how you're feeling right now? Or what somebody else is doing or saying right now? Or whatever kind of financial situation we're in right now? Or what our health is like right now? Or what's going on at work right now? And we're human beings, so it's natural for us to behave and to act and to react based off of all of those things. But here's reality. As much as circumstances of our lives may be reality in the moment, reality is also that we have a God and a Father who has promised and that if we have professed the hope of His promises, we have to understand that He is faithful to fulfill His promises. And it has nothing to do with how we feel or what's going on in our lives. He is faithful and will do what He says. If God said, I'm going to do something, and then backs up on it and does not do it, that is to say that God just changed. And God does not change. You say, well, uh, there are times in the Bible where he changed his mind. To say that God could not change his mind would be to place a limitation on God, and he has no limitations. There are times when he did change his mind, but his nature and his person, his essence, his substance, who he is as God, never ever changes. The principles off of which he works never change. So we have to keep digging and pressing and striving and digging into his heart to come to understand these things. And then Revelation chapter 19 verse 11, and I read several verses from this, but I'm going to reread this one. I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful. And true, with justice, he judges and wages war. Man, there is so much power that is coming forth out of the words of this one little verse. That his name, you see, there are lots of names for God given in the Bible. One of the names that we could always call him, and it would be accurate when we called it, would be the name faithful. We could just come before Him in prayer, and rather than saying, Heavenly Father, rather than saying, God, rather than saying, Lord, we could just say, Faithful One. And that's always going to be an accurate name. He is always faithful, and He's always true. So, 
I think that the, the, one of the reasons that it strikes me with such power and with such force today is because of all of the instability around us in our society and in our world and with everything that's going on. Because, you know, we're living in times where wars and, and conflict and bloodshed and hatred and poverty and crime are more rampant than they've ever been. And, and Christian people keep praying for peace and it just doesn't seem to show up. You know, I was sharing, uh, we were talking in my office there a little while ago, and, and Maddie said she had a bad dream last night. I said, well, I had two, and Kendall had one. And anyway, my two dreams were both about guns and, and violence. And so at the Freshway Market in Zebulon, there was a, a, an active shooter and had shot a bunch of people, and, and this is my dream, y'all. It didn't really happen. Um, Melanie's like, what? When? And, and I was coming that direction. I could see all the emergency vehicles, and I could see they had uh, something going on, and they wouldn't let people get close, and you could hear gunshots. And then my other dream was that a guy, a young man that I actually recently helped here in town, um, came in to see me, and I thought, well, he's going to ask for something, or either he's going to th say thank you for what's already been done. But as he approaches me, he pulls out a pistol, and he just comes right up in my face, and, and he's got the gun right there, and I'm looking down the, the barrel of this pistol, and, and I'm thinking, this guy's going to shoot me. He's unstable, and he's going to shoot me. And I just reached up and grabbed his arm and pulled the ham with the gun in it back behind my ear right there and somebody else was coming from behind and I was saying get him get him get him while I'm holding his hand those those were my dreams well why do I dream something like that well I think part of it is because my dreams happened early this morning right before I woke up and when I woke up and walked out of the bedroom my neighbor who for some reason gets a kick out of shooting military style weapons at at 5 30 in the morning and that's going on, so I'm, I was probably hearing that, although it's hard to hear anything in my bedroom because Tracy has about five different uh, uh, producers of noise of some sort going on in the room because she says that I gasp for air and make racket when I sleep, so she tries to drown it out. But anyway, I think I was hearing gunshots, but at any rate, we might have dreams like that. We might have have thoughts like that because we're so aware of all the stuff that's going on in the world and around us and you hear of a new shooting all the time and and all the the even in churches even in schools and things like that all the stuff that's going on and it's so it gets in your mind and it will show up in a dream even you when you don't want it to be there right by the way i never mentioned this afterwards but those of you who are here wasn't it just crazy that the Sunday that I made a comment about how I wouldn't mind if some of y'all carried a gun to church so that if a shooter walked in, uh, you could just stand up and drop him? Remember when I said that, which I may not have said that, uh, may not should have said that, but I did. And that, that Sunday morning that that very thing was happening at a church out in Texas, that's just crazy. But that kind of stuff is happening. And it can, it can get into your head a little bit. And you think about how all this is being managed from a secular point of view and how it's all being managed from a political point of view and a governmental point of view and a military point of view and how it doesn't seem to get any better. 
And that's why when I go to verses like this, it brings such hope and such encouragement. And I feel such a sense of security and power and peace and tranquility even in the middle of all the trouble because it shows me and it tells me that my God is faithful and true and with justice He judges and wages war. <clears throat> and I know that I don't have to trust political entities and governments and armies to make sure that things are going to go well for me and for you. <coughs> Excuse me. So, if the word we're dealing with for God today is faithful, what is the word we're going to deal with for you and me? Let me see that water, please. If we're going to live out our word, whatever your word is, whether it's grow or process or real or do or faith or hope or push or whatever your word may be, what's a good word for all of us to attach to our own words to our own lives, to our own situations, that can be a tool that will help us to stay engaged with the Word and will cause that Word to have a really positive and effective impact for us during the year 2020. What is a word, one word that all of us could have that is sort of hyphenated out from our own personal word? And we've talked about our word for God today being the word faithful. And how does all that come together? And is there a singular word that we can land on that's going to sort of knit this formula for us? And the answer to the question is yes. That's the answer to the question, is there a word? And that is actually the answer to the question, what is the word? The word is yes. Simply, Y-E-S, yes. So what do we mean by that? When I get up tomorrow morning and, and get ready and get out of the door and head to Atlanta to work, I'm going to be faced with a day ahead of me, and my word for 2020 is the word real. So all day long, whatever's going on, Mondays in my world are pretty much dominated by meetings, at least for the first half of the day. And then there is the, the usual business of returning phone calls and responding to emails, and then I cruise around campus here and there and look and watch and listen and have talks with people. And all day long in all of that, I'm going to have to deal with my word real. And I'm going to be faced with a decision. 
And it's going to be a perpetual decision over and over as to whether or not I'm going to say yes to my word real. You following me? Now, when I'm up here talking about real, you need to be considering your own word. So when I say real, in your own mind, put your word into it instead of the word real. All day long, tomorrow, you're going to have to deal with your word, whatever it is, or you're going to have to choose to ignore your word. Well, what's the point of doing all this and talking about it if we're going to ignore the word? So I think we're fully committed to engaging with the word, right? But even after you commit yourself to engaging with the Word over and over and over, you're faced with the decision about whether or not you're going to say yes to your Word. So, when I'm doing an employee evaluation, am I going to be real in that environment? Am I going to be real with that person? Am I going to candy coat or gloss anything over? Am I going to keep anything hidden that really needs to be brought into light? Am I going to be real? When I'm dealing with personal relationships, when I'm dealing with business relationships, when I'm dealing with managing my family, my children, my home, everything that goes on in my life, am I going to be real? The answer has to be yes. Or there's no need for me to go through the one-word process in 2020 with my word. Now, the word yes is a positive word. It's the opposite, of course, of no. But does that mean that everything is going to be positive as it relates to my relationship with my word and as it relates to my decision to say yes to my word just because yes is a positive word? The answer to that question is no. That doesn't guarantee everything's going to be easy. <clears throat> it doesn't mean that everything's going to be positive. What it does mean is that I am being faithful by saying yes to my word. Why? Because God gave me my word. Right? The one-word process is not about us just coming up with something clever to say. It's about God giving us a word. And if God gives us a word, how else could we ever deal with our word except to be faithful to the word and to say yes to it? What are our models, our examples? I don't know. You know, I'm sure that these folks never went through the one-word process. But reality is, is that God came to each one of them with a word at some point, And they had a choice. Am I going to embrace the word? Am I going to have a relationship with the word? Am I going to say yes to the word or not? So when God comes to Abraham and says, go. Does Abraham embrace the word? Absolutely. He doesn't argue with God. He doesn't question God. He simply says yes to His Word, and His Word is go. And we don't have the nation of Israel if Abraham does not say go, does not say yes to His Word go. 
And we, we have a totally different world if Abraham does not say yes to his word, go. And God will write a story regardless of humanity's uh, willingness to participate in it or not. But things will be different if God's people who are called by God's name will not respond with a yes to God's word when God's word comes to God's people. When God said to Noah, build. Build is a powerful word. Some of you, although build is not your word for the year, build is an appropriate word for you. I'm looking at a couple of you out there that you are most certainly in a building process. And the Father is building something out of you that you never anticipated. You never saw it coming, but here it is. And God is building, and my exhortation to you today is just keep saying yes. Just keep saying yes. Just keep acknowledging that He knows more than you do. That He's more capable than you are. That His plan is better than you could ever come up with. And just say yes. When God said to Moses, lead and here's where some of us land sometimes, and it's okay as long as we get to where we need to be. Moses offered his excuses. Well, I can't lead. Right? Anybody ever done that? I can't do that. <clears throat> do you know that what I'm doing right now, standing here when I'm talking to you, is something that I blatantly and vehemently declared at one point in my life, I cannot do that and I won't do it. And I said that to the pastor who was my boss, who said, I want you to preach. And I said, no, I can't do it. And here are my excuses. Here are all the whys that that cannot be done. God kept knocking till I got my heart got sore. I said, "All right, this is on you because I can't do it." He said, "Well, now I've got you exactly where I want you. You just have to acknowledge you can't do it and just say yes." What if David's word was worship but he refused it? What if David's word was worship and he said, no, I'm not going to do that. It's a waste of time. There's work to be done. There are wars to be fought. There are kingdoms to be built. There, there are battles. There are palaces to build. No, I won't be a worshiper. I won't lead worship. I won't write worship songs. I won't write poetry to God. I won't sing and play music. Well, about half the music we have in church today wouldn't exist because probably half of it is in some form taken off of something that David had to say in worship. Say yes. When God said to Isaiah, Speak! And give these words away to my people. Isaiah said yes. And we have all sorts of powerful information and powerful straight out of the heart of God tools and instructions that come through the prophet Isaiah because he said yes 
when God said speak? What if Jesus, whose primary word, in my opinion, coming to earth, sent by His Father, had said no to the word obey? What if He'd said no? Then we have a different story in the world, right? Then we have a different, we don't have churches, we're not here, we're not talking, none of this exists. If Jesus had said no to the instruction to obey, and then what about the people who came after him? He walks down the seashore and points at people and simply says, follow. That was their word for the moment. To a one, the ones who were called to follow said yes. Not everybody held on. Not everybody lasted the entire journey, but they said yes. But we have to get up every morning and continue to say yes to the word to follow. What about the woman caught in adultery and the word was given to her to repent? That's what Jesus meant when he said, go your way and don't sin anymore. And all the indications are is that she's one of the ones who became a serious disciple of Jesus Christ and continued to say yes for the rest of her life. What about Peter who on the seashore after Jesus' resurrection was told, feed. And he said yes. What if he had said no? Anyone who would listen, Jesus said, love, give, forgive, respond to needs. Listen, you have your word, I have my word. God's word for today is faithful. There are so many other words we can attach to him. The list is limitless of his attributes that are pure and holy and perfect and powerful. We're limited, and we have a word that we're going to have a relationship with this year. My exhortation to you today is just get up every day and say yes to your word. Well, Jeff, yesterday was a failure with my word. Yesterday was a disaster as it relates to my word and my life in general. Okay, so what do we do? Do we allow yesterday's failure to make a failure out of today? Or do we get up today and say yes to the word today and forget the failure that's in the past? It's like the Apostle Paul said, yes, when Jesus knocked him in the dirt, he also said, I put away the things in the past. And here's his point. Because the things in the past can destroy my future. Why would I adopt and embrace the failures of the past and allow them to create failures for the future? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk after the flesh but walk after the Spirit. Saying yes, regardless of what happened over there, regardless of what they did back then, regardless of how I failed in the past. Just get up today and say yes to today. And if we fail today, we get up and say yes tomorrow.
I can't wait for December. <laughs> Y'all are like, I can. There are a lot of ways I can wait, but for this reason, I'm anxious to get there so that I can pass this microphone around and have you give glorious testimony about how you said yes to your word all year long. And although you still had good days and bad days, here's the power and the growth and the transformation and the influence this word has had in your life because God gave you your word. And he is faithful. This God, if he gave it to us, he's going to be faithful in it all along the way. And even when we have moments of unfaithfulness, he's still there. He's still calling. He's still loving. He's still saying to us, just like he did to the woman caught in adultery, get up, repent, and move forward. Leave that back there. Move ahead. I've got glorious, glorious experiences in me, in my kingdom for you. Just say yes. Father, I thank you that you give us your words and you give us free will to make a decision and that most of us in the room are going to make the decision to just say yes this year. We're just going to say yes because we know that you have called. We know that you've ordained. We know that you have anointed. We know that you have a plan and we know that you've given us a word. We say yes to your word. I say yes to the word real for today. And tomorrow I'm going to get up and, I'm, and early in the morning I'm going to say yes to the word real again. And on Tuesday morning I'm going to get up very early and I'm going to say yes to the word real again. Because I know that saying yes to the word real is saying yes to you because you gave me my word. I pray over every individual right here that's in this room right now, that they would have the courage and their own level of faithfulness all year long just to get up each morning and just say yes to their word that morning. And leave all results to you and leave all transformation to you. Just get up and say yes. And when the hard times come and the failures happen and the disappointments are on us, we still know you are God and you are faithful in our responsibilities just to continue to say yes. Thank you for the Word, the living Word who is perpetually coming to us, bringing light and truth and hope. We bless you for Him. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, take it with you. Let it motivate you. Let it change you. Let it propel you. And I hope you have a great rest of your Sunday and that you get a great start by saying yes on Monday and then it's day by day. Your giving can happen at the back doors as you leave. Thank you for your faithfulness and consistency. God bless.